Hey everyone, we're on a Friday. Happy Friday to you all. Uh, we're gonna talk today about should you use this scale to lose weight? All right, big question, big debate. And so before I even get into if you should use a scale or not, I wanna reinforce my number one rule of weight loss, certainly weight mastery. And that is that there's no right or wrong, there's only what works for you, okay? So when we talk about the scale, uh, I think it's important to recognize whatever I say here, if you don't want to use the scale, don't use it. If you want to use a scale, use it, <laughs> right? If it helps you, do it, okay? Um, so that's the number one rule. But I'm going to talk a little bit about some different thoughts on it. So I, I'm not going to, there is no right or wrong, you know what I mean? So I just want to, it's kind of spoiler alert, right? There's no right or wrong with it. But I'm going to talk about a couple of the things that it can be helpful for. And I'm going to talk about some of the ways you can use it more effectively because at the end of the day, it really is just a tool, you know? And um, if you're struggling with the idea of using a scale regularly, it's because you have all this emotion with it, right? That when you think about the scale, it's a very negative thing. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So what I have found with, with people, and again, I'm gonna say this a lot, I think, that there's no right or wrong, you know? Whether you wanna use a scale or not, it's completely up to you. You can lose weight successfully with a scale or without a scale, okay? Um, but I'm gonna kind of go on the side of using the scale to start uh, because I think it's a great tool, you know? There's a saying that that which is measured improves, you know? So when you measure yourself regularly with a scale, I think you educate yourself, you calibrate yourself to your behaviors and what the effect is, you know, that, that cause effect situation. Um, someone says they're struggling with binging, I'll, I'll get to that. Um, so with the scale, I'm just gonna talk about the scale for a little bit first here. So it helps calibrate your mind for what you're doing to what the effect is. And I think you can learn a lot using the scale. So if you could be completely emotionally neutral with the scale, I think most people would agree that it's probably a, a good thing, right? Because it reflects back to you what's going on, right? It shows you, you know, what is the effect of what you're doing? And the more you can understand that cause and effect, the more you can optimize, right? Because what the scale becomes, it's one way to create a feedback loop, you know? And that's what you need when you wanna master your weight is you need a feedback loop. Now I know people don't think about this because when people think about weight loss, they just think, give me the plan, I'll just follow it and then I'll lose weight and that's the end of the story, right? But when we talk about weight mastery, we're talking about a long-term thing here. And anytime you learn something, you know, anytime you acquire a skill, it really is a process of creating a feedback loop so that you take action and you see what the result is and then you optimize it. And then you take new action, more optimized action, hopefully get a new result in the same process. And the process goes on and on and on, okay? So the scale's one way of that because, now again, I don't, I don't think the way, the scale is all you should be using. So I'm gonna say that right, right at the beginning. But I think if you could be neutral with it, if you could emotionally be calm and relaxed, no matter what the scale said, and just use it as feedback, uh, of course it's gonna be valuable. Right, because it's again, it's just one more thing that's giving you more information so you can make better choices and better decisions, all right? Um, so I'm gonna go in a minute how to deal with the scale in a more neutral way, all right? So now there's some people who say, well, I don't wanna use a scale at all. Okay, that's fine too. Um, and in that situation, you can optimize to other things, but you need to have a feedback loop one way or the other, okay? Um, the nice thing about the scale is it's a very, uh, you know, it, it's a very kind of objective, this is it. This is this is the number. This is where you started. You've done stuff, and then um, you know this is what ended up happening. Okay, so 
it is it is a good feedback loop. But if you don't want to use it, what you can do instead, you need something you're measuring. And I'm going to point both people to this anyways. Whether you want to use a scale or not use a scale, I'm going to point you to a better feedback loop than just using a scale anyways. Um, and what that is is to really focus on the process, okay? And so what I mean by that is that a lot of times, regardless of the scale, people get too obsessed with the weight, right? Where they're just so fixated on the outcome that they don't have any energy left to focus on mastering the process. And to really prove this point, let me tell you the story. You may have heard me say this before, but there's always this story of the karate student who walks into the dojo and asks the karate master, if I come every week, how long will it take me to get a black belt? And the karate master says, it'll take you five years. And he goes, well, what if I come in twice a week? The karate master goes, it'll take you 10 years. He goes, well, what if I come in every day of the week? He goes, it'll take you 25 years, right? So what's this story telling us? What does this mean? What it means is that when we're so fixated on the outcome, we have no energy to focus on the process of actually learning what we need to learn in order to achieve the outcome, right? And so with weight loss, it's the same thing. People get so obsessed and fixated on the weight loss part of it that they don't have the energy to focus on the processes that create the outcome they want, okay? And so the, the scale becomes a measurement of that outcome. And so whether you want to use a scale or not, the more you focus on the process pieces, the better your outcome's ultimately gonna be and the more motivating and enjoyable of a process it is. Because the frustrating thing about weight, again, regardless of using a scale or not, is that weight loss is unpredictable. You know, you could do everything perfect and you know, one week you may lose three pounds. The next week you may do the exact same stuff and you may gain a pound. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff going on here with the weight. And I think that you know, understanding that, that you can't base all your motivation with what that number on the scale says, because that, that's, that number is unpredictable from, from a number of reasons, you know, especially if you're a woman, that there's just more variability in it that has nothing to do with what you're doing. It just, it's a moment in time, you know? And, and so that can be very discouraging though for people, all right? So you really wanna do focus on the process pieces. And what that means is, cause you probably don't know what I'm talking about because typically with weight loss, there's very little process, right? Because people are stuck in a diet mentality where the only process is they're trying to force themselves to eat better, right? And so it's a very, it's, it's, a, it's a very tactical approach where you got like one thing you're focusing on. I'm gonna cut out carbs or I'm gonna keep my calories low or, you know, again, whatever other, you know, strategy you may be following, but it's usually a one focused strategy. And so what I always suggest is a much more holistic approach. And what I mean by that is that, yes, the eating is obviously really important, but underneath that, I always think the lifestyle piece and the lifestyle piece is really these eight habits. And so it's sleeping, it's hydration, it's relaxation, it's breathing, it's nourishment, it's movement, it's meditation, it's gratitude, okay? And so when you approach weight, mastering your weight through this lifestyle approach, well, now all of a sudden it lets you focus on all these processes, these habits that I just mentioned and your eating. And what happens is you start orienting yourself to how well am I doing these processes? And we almost, you, you have to have kind of a, a attitude of faith that if I change these processes, if I, if I start hydrating myself, right, if I get more sleep, if I relax more, if I start breathing proper, if I start nourishing my body, if I start moving more, if I quiet my mind down, if I feel more grateful, I know if I start doing those things and I start transforming my eating bit by bit, it's going to turn into the weight that I want and the health and the happiness that I want. So there's this faith piece of it where you really, you say, if I do the, the right things day after day after day and I get good at those things, I know I'm gonna get the outcome I want. So you see the difference here, right? It's not obsessed just on the outcome, which is what most people are doing with the weight. So with this paradigm, all right? Because again, it needs to be a different mindset 
for, for your weight mastery right from the beginning. But now with this approach, now we bring the scale debate back in here. Should you use it or not? I'm going to give you the argument of using it because that's what I like to do. Okay. And, and I used it when I wanted to lose weight. I weighed myself every day. Okay. Which isn't to say you have to do it again. I'm, I'm going to say that a lot because I want to reinforce there's a great, um, there's a weight registry study if you don't know about this. And it is, uh, I, I think it's like 35,000 people at this point. And it's all people that have lost a lot of weight and kept it off for at least two years. And they ask them, you know, a bunch of questions about what they did. You can Google it and research. It's interesting. And I, I don't remember the exact number, but I feel like 65% of the people weighed themselves every day, okay? Which again is to say that the majority did that to succeed, but it also means 35% of those successful people didn't do that. So again, I, I can't say this enough that there's no right or wrong with, with weight mastery. It's whatever works for you, okay? But I'm going to make the argument for using the scale now, okay? And so, and if you don't want to use a scale, just focus on the process. That, that's the secret and find your own improvements that you want to measure, all right? But I think to make the argument for the scale, I think if you weigh yourself every day, it holds you more accountable. And I don't mean that in a like being strict with yourself way. I think it holds you more accountable. It keeps it fresh in your mind. Um, but more importantly, I think what weighing yourself every day does is I think that it, it lets you understand your body and weight more accurately. I think it calibrates your thinking so that you can more clearly see what it is that you're doing day in and day out and what that translates into on the scale weight wise. And I think it lets you know how your body operates with weight because you're probably going to notice if you weigh yourself every day, there's a bit of fluctuation. You know, I could, I could change five pounds in 24 hours, right? So it's like, if I didn't weigh myself all the time, I wouldn't have known that. And the other thing is that I also recognize that it, it usually, in my mind, it takes about two weeks, you know? So, so in my mind, when I want to lose weight, I now know that as I start cleaning up my eating, from experience of weighing myself all the time is that I know it's going to take about two weeks for the weight to start to show up. The weight loss started to show up. That's just how my body, that, that's kind of the, the number I have in my head from when I was losing weight. Now, I want to be clear with the scale. I don't weigh myself very much anymore, okay, because I'm at the weight that I want. So, you know, I, I have other ways that I'm kind of tracking that and sensing that. Um, but I think it's important that while you're actually losing weight, it can be a very helpful tool because it educates you a lot. It, it, and simultaneously, the other thing I like about it in terms of it being a measurement tool, <clears throat> excuse me, is that it, uh, it helps you work through a lot of the emotions, uh, that, that come with weight, right? So a couple of them, the first one is it helps you work through the fear of actually stepping on the scale and, and facing what the reality is, you know? So when you step on the scale every day, <clears throat> um, at first it's a little bit emotional, you know, it, it's, Oh God. You know, and all that apprehension and nervousness and anger and depression and all those emotions, right? But as you consistently do it, what ends up happening is it just becomes part of the thing and you're familiar with what the weight and the number is going to be. You you, you kind of, you, you acknowledge it, you become aware of it and you kind of accept, you know, where you're at with it. That's a very important piece. And I think that's a mindset piece that can be really helpful if you approach it that way. So that you start using the scale, not just as like, I'm going to step on and see what my weight is, but you start using it, realizing that by stepping on the scale and doing this every day, it's I'm holding myself accountable. I'm taking my weight and I'm putting it at the forefront of my mind because stepping on the scale is an experience, right? And so we talk about hypnotic suggestions. Uh, the most powerful hypnotic suggestion is action, okay? So if you're really serious, really, really serious about weight loss, right? And that's another question to ask yourself too. If you were 
really serious. Now, now let me let me frame this in a, in a way so you can really understand this because you think you're serious about weight loss right now, but you're not. Um, but imagine the person you love the most in your life was kidnapped and the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight this month, you'll never see this person again. Okay. So now in that situation, now you're like level of importance goes up to a 10. So now in that situation, when it was, you know, that level of severity, would you want the scale there to make sure that you were losing weight? <laughs> right. So you know what I'm saying? So it's like that scale, it, 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 there's a lot of subconscious meaning to using it. Okay. And so I know right now you may say, well, you know, scale equals pain. I hate stepping on the scale. I hate the scale. I hate the scale. I get that. Right. But part of that, you may want to start to reflect on and say, maybe I'd like to work through that. You know what I mean? Like just because you feel that way now doesn't mean you have to feel that way forever. You know, the scale is just a tool. It's the way you think about it and use it. That's going to dictate a lot of how you feel about it. Okay. So if you're weighing yourself every day, just the behavior, just the action of stepping on the scale takes your weight management and mastery and puts it at the very front of your mind, you know, because you step on that scale. It's a behavior. It's a hypnotic suggestion you're giving yourself every day that, yeah, this is important. I'm, I'm every day I'm looking at it and this is a, a focus of mine. So when you step on that scale, it's saying, okay, subconscious mind, we're serious. We're really serious about losing weight now. This is important to us. And so you step on it regularly. And if you do it for two weeks, what happens is you just habituate to it. And all of a sudden, after those two weeks, regardless of what the weight and the scale says, emotionally, you have moved into a better place, in my opinion, in terms of mastering your weight, because you now you've let go of a lot of that reactivity. You know what I mean? Like, cause some people think about the scale and that's very strong negative reaction, but that strong negative reaction that the scale triggers is not just about the scale. You understand? It's also about the feelings and emotions you have about your own weight, your ability to look at the situation as it is, to be honest with yourself, you see? And so there's a lot of emotional stuff that I think is beneficial if you use the scale. Now, you got to look at it and understand that level of it. Because if you're just like, well, I'm just going to weigh myself every day and you're in the typical diet mindset, it can be very bad. So again, you know, the scale, like everything else, is good and bad. And it's how we think about it and how we use it that's going to dictate which one we feel, okay? But again, I'm kind of laying out why I think it's good. I think it starts to let you know as well. So I almost feel like people should either use a scale every day or not use it at all, <laughs> you know? Because the other piece that you find out if you do start weighing yourself every day is that you start to notice there's just natural daily fluctuations in your weight. And like I said, my weight could change five pounds in 24 hours. And so if you're just weighing yourself once a week, I guess if you do it at the same time, that might be better, but you don't really know what those fluctuations are. You know what I mean? You might catch yourself on a high point. One week, you might catch yourself at a low weight. And the next week, you might catch yourself at a high weight. And now, you know what I mean? Like, so I think if you're using it every week, once a week, there, there's so much variability that there's a great chance that, again, you're going to hit it wrong and it's going to make you feel real discouraged because it's real hard if you have a, again, you step on the scale one week and it's a really low weight unusually low, you're three pounds lower than normal. And the next week you step on the scale and you're three pounds, three pounds higher than you are normal. That's a six pound shift. And you know what I mean? If that first week comes and you're three pounds lighter than normal and the next week you're three pounds heavier and everything else is the same, you say, oh my God, I put three, six pounds on this week. When in reality you didn't, it's just, you don't know what the average is. You don't know what the average is because you're only taking a measurement once a week or once a month, you see? So I almost feel like if you don't want to use a scale, just don't use it at all. And if you want to use a scale, use it every single day, right? And so, um, 
again, on, on a subconscious level, it does, it clarifies, it cleanses your lenses of perception to recognize how you're living and what you're doing and what response that creates in your weight, you know? Because if you don't have that, you know, weight as well is just such an emotional game, right? And so it's like, you could be doing pretty well with your reading and all of a sudden, because I this is what I learned from weighing myself all the time, is that a lot of times I would think, and I would feel it and I believed it. I'm like, oh, I've, I've put like five, 10 pounds on. You know, that's what I felt like. I believed it 100% because my eating hadn't been that clean or whatever. And so that's what I literally felt. I'm like, I'm 10 pounds heavier. And I would step on the scale and I wasn't. And I was like, oh my God. And so that's another thing I found very useful about the scale is that a lot of times I thought I weighed a lot more and I didn't. Now we all know the other side, right? Where you're like, oh, I had a good week. And now I think I've lost 10 pounds and you step on it and you put a pound on, right? And that's usually people's main thought. Um, and that part sucks, right? But again, what I'm trying to tell you is that if you do it every, it sucks because you're doing it spontaneously. You know, you're just taking spontaneous measurements. And so that just leaves it up to, you're not getting a clear picture. You, you know what I mean? You're leaving it almost up to luck because your weight just, it fluctuates, you know? And so depending on when you're weighing yourself, it, it's really, it's not a good, it's not a good measurement of the overall if you're only doing it once in a while. You know, if you weigh yourself every day, you start to really understand your weight and your body on a much deeper level. And you start to understand how your mindset, you know, how accurate it is. And so that's one of the big things I learned is that a lot of times when I thought I put a lot of weight on, I was way wrong. When I thought, thought I lost a lot of weight, I was way wrong. Okay. And so, um, it, it's really like, I, I find that to be so, so impactful. You know what I mean? Cause it just, it's clarified. You know, in this part, you won't even believe me. You know, again, I've been doing this professionally for 20 years. I, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I've coached, you know, people how to teach my system. I've really been doing this for a long time. And so it's like, you can't even believe, you don't sit there listening to me believe that the way you think about weight loss is all clouded up and screwy. You, you think you're thinking about it really clearly. And I'm telling you, you're not. And I know you don't believe me, but when you start using the scale every day, you very quickly realize that because it starts to, it becomes something really important to you and you're seeing every day what the numbers are, how your body responds. And then you can start to say, oh, my weight went up or down because I didn't drink water yesterday or I did this yesterday and now look at this. And you start to shrink that cause effect period, right? Because even just weighing yourself once a week, you just don't know, you're not getting a clearer picture as you are every day, okay? And it helps move you through a lot of the limiting beliefs you may have, the um, the wrong thinking you may have. Again, like I was saying, I, I, it was amazing to me how inaccurate my mind and feelings and emotions were compared to the objective number on the scale. And it was very interesting to go through that both ways. When I thought I'd lost weight, when I thought I'd gain weight. And so when you do that, it starts to clarify how you're thinking about it. So so that's my my pitch for for weighing yourself. I think there's a lot of benefits to it. And so I suggest weighing yourself every day. If you're really serious, you know, because again, if you're really serious about something, you've got to face it. You've got to break through that fear, you know, and I think that's probably the biggest thing about stepping on the scale every day is that you, you, you right now, if you're scared of the scale, it's almost like you're, you're hiding. You're scared of the number on the scale, which is to say you're scared of your weight. You're scared of your inability to lose weight. It's all sorts of subconscious negative stuff you know, that's affecting the result you're getting. And when you start weighing yourself every day, part of it is that you're, you're tapping into your courage because it does take courage to step on the scale every day. It takes a lot of courage to face this situation. 
You have to understand if you're overweight and been struggling weight for a while, there's a big part of you that's in denial, that's scared of the, you know, the weight and, and facing what it actually is. You know, there's a big part that's in denial and that so wanting to be scared of the scale and want to run away from it is a, is a thing that's affecting your weight. And so by stepping on the scale every day, it's almost like you're standing up not just to the scale, but to the whole process. You know what I mean? Like you're the party that wants to be thin, healthy, happy starts fighting for itself. And it says, no, this is so important. I, of course, I want to measure myself every day. This is so important that every day I'm going to do something. And even if you're just stepping on the scale, you know? And so th there's a, there's a, I don't know, there's something happens emotionally. It doesn't feel that way right away. Okay. Cause the first week or two weeks, sometimes a month, it, it's a lot like it's like getting yourself to the gym almost, you know, it's like you have to build up that mental muscle, that courage to step on it. But what ends up happening again is that you get to this place where after a month, it just becomes normal. And think about that, that normal. What it means, though, is that your fear started up here of the scale and of your weight and all the rest of it. And it's now come down to here. And so now you've got this this uh, sense of calm, this sense of peace. Of, of what the scale is going to be and you could step on it and you start to become less emotionally reactive, which is to say that you start to activate your parasympathetic nervous system when it comes to your weight loss instead of your sympathetic nervous system. Because right now, if you're fearful of the scale and what it's going to say, that's a sympathetic fight or flight response within your body and all of that stuff's keeping you stuck. So the more I talk about this, the more I, I, I when I, I do this all the time, I think the scale, I, again, I, I think if you're really, really serious, you know, I think you should be using it every day. And uh, again, it, it, people that are in my program, you know, I, I was, I, I work with them on this because I want them to use it. Again, I always recognize if you hate it and you despise it, then don't do it. Okay. But I think that it's a super powerful tool. Now, let me just end this whole discussion by saying whether you use a scale or not, I think that the main focus should be on the process. And again, I talked about these lifestyle habits of, sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. I think these should be the cornerstone of your weight mastery, you know, and on top of that, your eating habits. Um, and I think you should focus on those. 90% of your focus should be on the process and implementing those things into your life and doing the right things. And 10% should be on the outcome. Okay. And when you start to focus on the process that much of implementing those habits into your life, of cleaning up your eating and getting it where you want it to be, when you start really giving all your energy and attention there, you start making those things better. And if you make those things better for a consistent period of time, it turns into weight results that you want, emotional results you want, men mental mindset results that you want. Okay. And so what you can do, instead of just thinking about the scale, and the weight and the number it says, because there, there's a longer time frame there, right? From you living healthier, eating healthier to the weight going down the way you want it to takes a bit of time. This is the biggest challenge of weight loss, right? Weight loss wouldn't be that hard if you could eat well today and then tomorrow you'd lose 10 pounds, right? It would be pretty easy because you, you know what I mean? Like, like the excitement, and the motivation is there tomorrow. It'd be so You'd be so fired up to lose the weight and have it show up tomorrow that it'd be, you'd be extra motivated. It'd be easy for you to eat well today. You know, and consequently, if you ate like crap today and then you woke up tomorrow 10 pounds heavier, again, that setup would be a lot easier for you to lose weight. So the biggest challenge you have when it comes to weight loss and, and motivation specifically is that the time frame, you know what I mean? It takes a while from the action to the reward. You know, that's why one of the core things in my program is action is rewarded. I, I, I train that into people right from the very first training you watch. 
um, because you have to recognize that the challenge of weight loss is that you've got to have a lot of faith. You have to take lots of action and not get any results for a little while until you get the results. You know what I mean? And that's the hard part. And so if you're so fixated, never mind the scale. Okay. It's not the scale. The scale's part of it. But the bigger part is whether you use a scale or not, if all you're doing is obsessing on how quickly you're going to lose the weight, um, your chances of success go way down. Okay. Because it always just takes more time than you think. Plus when you start, especially diet mindset, when you're so fixated on what you're doing and how fast you can lose the weight, your sense of time changes. You know what I mean? So when you're on a diet, a day feels like a week, a week feels like a month, you know? So it screws with your head. You know, so um, what you do instead of focusing just on the outcome, the weight loss piece of it is we need a short term benefit. We get a short term positive consequence we get because most people, the only thing they're measuring and tracking scale or not is how much weight am I losing? Okay, but that's not enough because that that weight you're going to lose isn't it's not for a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe. Okay, so what can we focus on the short term that's going to keep us motivated? Right. Um, and what that is, is you have to notice the subtle changes that come from when you start hydrating yourself, when you make the right food choice, when you go to bed early and got enough sleep, right? You have to be almost like your own cheerleader. You have to highlight the benefits you get out of that because they're not really obvious. And especially if you're losing weight just to lose weight, if the only thing you want to do it for is to watch that scale go down, you, your chances of success are so tiny that it's almost not even worth trying to be completely honest. You know, and you say, oh, that's no, no way. I want to lose weight. Well, how long have you wanted to lose weight for? I know you think that's enough motivation, but it's not. And, it, and I ask you, how long have you wanted to lose weight more than anything? Want to look better more than anything? And it hasn't happened. I mean, at some point you got to look at the truth and say, something's wrong here. <laughs> I feel like I should be more motivated than I am, but I'm just not. I don't know why. Oh, thanks for the, thanks for the rose. Um, so, so you got to look at that. And I'm telling you what it is. It's that to, to want to lose weight is not enough motivation. First of all, let me, I'll go to a rabbit hole for a second. Um, you, there's no part of your brain or body that wants you to lose weight, by the way. Evolutionarily, you, you developed, your brain and body evolved in evolutionary times where f- food was scarce. You see, this is why eating a cookie feels really good and motivating. You want to eat more cookies and it's a different experience than when you eat carrots, right? It's way easier to eat lots of cookies. They're way more enjoyable. What's happening is you're releasing way more dopamine in your body. Um, it feels way better. Well, why is that? Well, it's because you, you evolved in a food-scarce environment where anytime you had access to food, your brain evolved to eat as much of it as possible. And it did that through sending you all these signals, dopamine mostly, to keep on eating. This feels amazing. Keep, keep eating. Okay. Well, here we are now in the modern world. We're abundant food, but we still get the same brains that want us to just keep eating. Keep eating, keep eating is going to help us survive. You know, so our brains and bodies haven't caught up with the fact that, well, now we're so much food and we're eating so much, it's killing us. You know, we've come full circle. Now eating all this food literally is putting us in an early grave. And so um, there's just, there's no intrinsic motivation to lose weight in your body. And there's lots of intrinsic motivation for you to overeat and put more weight on your body. So you have to be strategic with how you're going to lose weight, specifically with your motivation, you know, um, because what you think is motivating is not actually motivating. And so I hope this is enlightening to you because I'm not, it, it's just because I know you want to lose weight more than anything. You think about it all the time, but you don't have the motivation to actually make it happen. So I'm just trying to clarify that for you. Right? I'm telling you why it is, you know? Um, and so what you have to start doing is you start fixating on these processes of, of implementing these habits, of starting to clean up your eating, and then looking for the short-term reward 
that you get from doing those things. And you have to highlight those with your own attention and awareness so that you can recognize all the benefits you're getting out of them. And so, for example, if you go to bed early, you have to kind of cheerlead for yourself. You wake up the next day and say, oh, wow, I'm proud of myself. I went to bed early. Look at me. Great. How do I feel? I feel pretty good. And not only, and so you want to break it down into three categories. Your mindset, mentally what you're thinking about, emotionally what you're feeling, and physically what's going on in your body. And so if I got enough sleep last night, mentally, I'm proud of myself. Like I'm thinking of myself as a person who can actually make a change. I actually did something I meant to do and I did it. So you start, your self-image starts to change. Your internal dialogue of what you're saying to yourself starts to become more positive, right? The emotions, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I feel happy. I feel hopeful. Wow, one night I got to bed early. Look at me, you know? And all these nice emotions I get to feel and all the negative emotions I don't have to feel. Physically, I got enough sleep. Now look at me, you know, I, I've got more energy. Um, my, my, I can think more clearly. I've reduced my unhealthy cravings, you know? I feel better. And so we want to do that with all of these processes that we're talking about. You make the right food choice. Same thing. Wow, look at me. I did it. I can do this. That wasn't so hard. I can do that again. You see, I'm a person who can do this. So that's the mental piece. Emotionally, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. I got some momentum. You know, same stuff. Physically, I feel lighter. Wow, look at me. I feel, I feel good. You know, I'm, I'm starting to slim down. And you tell yourself, again, this is the self-hypnosis. Like what you're saying to yourself is, is really the whole game. Um, but this is where you start focusing is you start focusing on the short term cons positive consequences of your new behaviors, your new eating behaviors, your new habits, and you intentionally are highlighting them and cheerleading them on. And that becomes your focus. You so, so for me, when I wanted to stop, when I want to lose weight, the first thing I do is stop eating at night. And so I knew in my mind, like if I stop eating at night, that's going to bring me a lot of the way to my goal weight. And so I fixated on that for a while and I really worked on not eating at night. And I did lots of different strategies. I tried, I kept trying different things and whatever. And I finally kind of got some momentum and I got better and better and better at it. But what I would do is every morning when I woke up, I would think what I do last night, you know, and I would do this exact process. I'd say, Hey, look at me. I did. I didn't eat that. Look at me. And I was fine. It wasn't that hard. It's okay. You know, and I wake up this morning, I slept better. I feel better. I'm, I'm cheerleading for myself because I slept, I, you know, I, I didn't eat last night and then the other things as well. I'm cheerleading for myself. And that's where my focus was. And I knew I didn't care so much about the weight. I did care about the weight, but it wasn't my main focus. You see, you almost to lose weight in a weird way, you have to make weight loss secondary. You, you can't make it the main thing because your body and brain don't give a shit about you losing weight. They don't want you to lose weight. You see? So you can't, you can't, you keep thinking and it's not your fault. The diets have got you twisted upside down. Um, but you can't keep thinking that wanting to lose weight is going to give you the motivation you need. I mean, Good Lord, <laughs> wouldn't it have happened by now? I mean, how much more could you want to lose weight, right? I mean, is it possible to want to lose any more weight than you want to? Could you think about it anymore than you think about it? You know, it just, it's not, it's not going to work. Your, your body and brain are not set up. They, they don't want you to lose weight. So you got to find other reasons. Um, you, you have to find other things you want to do that are going to lead to weight loss. Okay. So I'll give you a quick shorthand of it. If you start focusing on, I always say you have to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Right. And uh, who do you want to be in this life? Right. Who do you want to live as? Right. Who, who's the person you want to live as? What what relationships in your life do you want to have bloom and, and be even better? So now you're tapping to something that's genuinely motivating. And if you start kind of weaving your weight loss around things you're already motivated around about, you're going to tap into way more motivation. All right. Um, so that's the secret. Whether, whether you use a scale or not, it's really about getting yourself fixated on the little things you're doing and really cheerleading yourself along and knowing and having faith that the outcome is going to be what it's going to be, All right? 
Um, I saw someone say, I want to talk about the binge eating, but I see, I love seeing this one that I'm on day two of your PYT program. It's brilliant. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. I'm ready. Awesome. <laughs> and I love that attitude because again, that's why my program is so different because you know, you have to understand you're so, you're so obsessed with shortcuts and just trying to lose weight quickly that that's literally what's keeping you trapped being overweight, you know? So, um, I, I just made a video like talking about, you really ought to approach your weight loss like college, you know, with that level of commitment and focus. Cause a lot of people are just dabbling with the weight, the weight loss. And I, I, was, I was just making the example that, you know, this day and age, you can literally take the same courses that people pay 50 grand a year to take, right? You can literally take like, you could get a degree and take all the courses that Stanford offers, right? And instead of paying $200,000, you can just get it all for free, right? But who's going to do that, right? Because, it, you know, getting that college degree, it's not just about the information. It's about so much more, you know, there's more structures to it. And so there's about taking the effort, there's committing to it, there's knowing that there's going to be a system to follow to get you all that knowledge, people there to help you over the hard parts, right? And there's a level of commitment there that's so much higher than someone saying, oh, you know what, maybe I'll go through Coursera and just take all the courses. No, you won't, because as soon as they get hard, you're going to stop. There's no system there supporting you. There's no real commitment being made there. So, you know, weight loss is hard. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way around it. I mean, anyone that tells you different, I mean, what? You know what I mean? Everyone wants to lose weight. If there was some easy way, you'd know about it. There is no easy way. And even the easy ways ultimately are not going to be easy. Right? Oh, you think you're going to take that diabetic medicine? That's how you're going to lose the weight? You don't think there's going to be some issue with that at some point? You know what I mean? Like, like again, I'm not blaming. I, I, medicine has its time and a place, but it's like instead of putting all the energy into committing to shortcuts and trying to shortcut the circuit, the, the, the process, why not commit to the process? Because the weight is just one aspect, one benefit from the process. You know, it's an opportunity for you to really grow and evolve into the person that you can truly be, you know, and mastering your weight is a great way to make that happen. So, I'm glad to hear that. So I'm going to say Lulu. I love that name too. So if that's your name, Lulu. That's great. Good job. Um, let's see. Someone says struggling with binge eating. It's so frustrating. And then I see you say, I'm eating 12 to 1300 calories. Well, there you go. That's probably why you're binge eating. Um, I don't mean to make light of it, but it's, it's if, okay. So, so the average American, I don't know where you were at. Very few people know how many calories they're consuming because they only measure their calories when they're really tracking them. But the average American, they estimate consumes about 2,700 calories a day. Right. And so the average diet was telling you to cut down to 1200 calories a day. <laughs> right. So that's a 60%, 65% reduction on day one. Right. Who's going to do that? You know what I mean? Like that's such a drastic change. Maybe you could do it for a couple of days and you get yourself so hungry and so starving that you get to this place where you have almost no control over your eating, you know? And so if you're binge eating, you know, why? Well, it cries because you're so hungry, you know? Um, I, I, I'll give you an example. I, I always tell this story, but I, I, there, I've had so many conversations where people come in and say, well, what's the problem? They say, well, everything, breakfast and lunch is great. It's it's the afternoon dinner and afterwards that, that's really the problem. If I can fix those, everything will be fine. I said, well, what do you do for breakfast and lunch? I don't eat anything. I said, well, what do you want to do for the afternoon of the night? I don't eat anything. And this, is, again, this is indicative. I'm, I'll let you know this. You haven't heard me say this. You right now, if you're overweight and you're struggling with it, you are in a literal state of hypnosis, a diet hypnosis. The way you think about weight loss. And so what is hypnosis? Just a bypass on the critical faculty, right? Which is to say, the way you think about weight loss is irrational. It's illogical. 
you don't have any plan. You don't really have any idea. You have like these, a couple tactics in your mind. Oh, I'll just stop eating carbs or I'll just cut, I'll just got to cut down to 1200 calories. And you say it so casually, you know what I mean? Like that's the thing with the diets. What they do is they try and make their, the, the concept of it really simple. One thing usually. So most diets are built around like the one thing idea. Oh, just cut out carbs. Right. And it's like, could you take anything that's like really hard and make it sound any simpler? Right. Oh, I'll just cut out carbs. I can do that. Just one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. You know, if you're a normal American, the number one, not top five sources of your calories are probably carbs, refined carbs specifically. So um, the idea that you're just going to cut them all out tomorrow is a drastic change, you know, and that's what Americans do in general anyways, is it's such a dramatic overcorrection, right? That, that you just want to change the weight instantly. And if you can't do it instantly, I don't want to do it, you see? Um, so it's a trap. But so if you go, I'm just imagining, I don't know what your calories were before you cut them down to 12, 1300 calories. But if you're binge eating, it's probably because you're so hungry that you can't stop yourself from overeating. You know, because what happens, by the way, let, let's think about this, right, is um, when you start the day, right, and your hunger is typically down here and your willpower is up here. It starts the day at the highest point. And as the day goes on, this happens. And this is, this is someone not eating. OK, this is the person not eating lunch or breakfast or lunch. And so as the day goes on, this starts happening. The hunger starts increasing. The willpower starts going down. Now, here we are right about afternoon. <laughs> right the hunger is up here the willpower is down here and so maybe you stick on a little bit longer then we get here and it's five o'clock right and right around here is where you start saying i don't i don't give a shit i'm gonna die i gotta eat something <laughs> if i don't eat something i'm gonna die and it was like you gotta start eating and then you start eating and you way overeat right because now you have no ability because it's not just willpower i want you to understand this your willpower is your prefrontal cortex is a is a layer over your brain that is the part of you that makes you human. That's the part where your executive functioning is. That's where your willpower is, where your ability to think creatively and logically is. And so when I say the willpower is going down, it is not just your willpower. It's your creativity. It's your ability to problem solve. It's your solution-oriented thinking. And so by the time we get, right, so, so the willpower starts up here and the, the food comes down here and we get, we get over to here, right? Have you not had this experience three o'clock, I've been eating anything all day or hardly anything. And now this comes and again, you freak out, you know? So it's like, you're not thinking logically. You're very emotional now because now your brain runs on glucose. All your body runs on glucose. Food all breaks down into glucose and that's what your cells energize it. Your prefrontal cortex uses tons of glucose. Your subconscious mind uses a lot less. And so you get down here and now your, your conscious mind, your willpower, executive functionings are, are, down near the bottom and now you're just reactive and responsive and you feel like you're going to die you literally feel like you're going to die and you feel weak and now you you start rationalizing and understanding in all the cells of your body are screaming for energy and so they, and they want energy fast and so they know that the shitty foods are the fastest way to get lots of energy to spike that glucose and so you put yourself in this spot it's, it's completely illogical and unstrategic but this is what people do over and over. And I talk to them about it and they do it again. And it's like, you can't even break yourself out of it because you're in a hypnotic trance. The way you're trying to lose weight is completely illogical and irrational. And it's partly because you just want to lose the weight. The reason you want to cut down to 1200 calories is because you want to lose the weight as fast as possible. You know, there's a lot of parts of that diet hypnosis you're in, you know, some of the main things are that you're only concerned with how you look primarily. You just want to look better. Um, you just want results fast. You don't care what you got to do. I just want the weight off of me. Um, you're thinking in a very short time frame. You know, you're thinking about like a sprint, you know, you're all or nothing, right? Because of those other factors. You're thinking of it like a sprint, right? Think about this. If you're running a race, a sprint, if you trip a little bit, you lost the race. Perfection is the only thing that's going to let you win a sprint, 
right? If you're on a marathon, you could trip a little bit and still make up for it. But you're approaching weight loss like it's a sprint. That's why you're all or nothing. And so if you're not perfect with your extreme plan, the second you make a mistake, you feel like you completely blew it, right? And you just keep repeating this over and over and over again, right? And so, um, you know, it's, it's hypnotic because it doesn't make any sense and yet you keep doing it. You know, which doesn't mean that hypnosis is all about doing irrational things. It just means that hypnosis is this. You have a conscious mind, logical, rational, knows what you should eat, why you want to lose weight, what you should do to lose weight, why you should do it. And then you have a subconscious mind, which is just running your programs that have been installed through your experience and through your life. And so, you know, it's your brain's not designed. I'm going to fix something here. Your brain is not designed to micromanage your eating. You know, um, your subconscious mind, you, you, you live your life on near autopilot. You know, you, you don't just you don't eat different things every day of the week, every meal of the day. Right. You eat the same things. Right. That's how we all operate <laughs> because our subconscious mind just runs the programs that we've learned is the way we're set up. And our conscious mind's kind of along for the ride. So as soon as someone goes on a diet or tries losing weight, what they're really saying is they're saying, OK, I'm going to consciously take over the subconscious process. I'm going to micromanage every eating decision. And how long does that last, right? You can't keep it up because you're not designed that way, you know, because these subconscious processes just run on autopilot and you try and consciously change them. It don't work. It doesn't last. It's not strategic. So yeah, eating 12 or 1300 calories, yeah, no wonder. You were probably, you probably cut your calories by 50, 60% in a day and you, you know, you're really hungry. Um, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to be kind of sense. I'm not laughing at you because I know everyone does that, but I'm just trying to point out how crazy that is. People approach weight loss. It's kind of like if I want to learn to play the piano, I'm like, I want to learn to play the piano and I got to do it as quick as possible. So I'm going to practice eight hours a day. Okay, great. Uh, maybe the first day you can play it. And the next day your fingers are all cramped up. You can't even move them. You know, practicing the rest of the week. You can't even move. But that's how people approach their weight loss. <laughs> it's just like this, this, because what happens, it, it, and there's another part of the, the diet mentality is, your motivation when you lose weight is almost always pain-based, spontaneous pain-based motivation because you step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, oh my God, I didn't know it was that big. Or you see your clothes don't fit or you see your reflection or you go to the doctors and now you're feeling so much pain. You say, that's it, I got to do something. And then you choose someone's sustainable plan because you're in a hypnotic state where you're just very emotional. You're not using your logical mind. And you just pick whatever plan's going to give you the fastest results. You know, And so right off the bat, if you really want to lose weight, it's again, I go back to the college metaphor. No one just enrolls in college, like just like all willy nilly spontaneous, like typically, right? They give it a lot of thought because it's a big commitment, you see? So you compare that to like how you approach weight loss and you just, you know what I mean? Like you just get upset, you're just winging it. Oh, that's it, I gotta do it. And it's like, oh, tomorrow's Monday and this, I'm gonna do it. No, you're probably not gonna do it, you know? Cause it's like, it's not even a real plan. You're just winging it. And you're gonna probably do the same things you've done in the past. You're gonna get the same results you got in the past as well. But the thing is, you're just going to keep repeating that process, you know, until you get to the point where you can't even get yourself started. And that's where, that's where most of the people I work with are at, you know, most people that, that end up working with me, 40s, 50s, 60s, and they've tried all the diets. And the worst thing is they've succeeded with some of them and then put the weight back on. And so now their brain says, I don't even want to do the diet because what's the point? We put all that work and effort and then we just put the weight back on anyways. It's just a heaps of disappointment on top of all the work. It sucks. And so now a lot of times my clients, you may find yourself in this situation, you, now you can't even get started on a plan. Now, I know that sucks and you, you, feel, you don't like that, but I'm telling you, it's your subconscious mind trying to protect you because it's not going to work anyways. <laughs> so it's kind of like, what's the point? You know, so it's just saving you the effort of it. I know it's frustrating because you only get the excitement and the hope is starting to fade away. 
But I'm telling you, it's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's because the way you think you're going to lose weight is diet oriented. And that diet's never going to fix it because your problem is not primarily that you don't know what to do. It's that you don't know how to get yourself to do what you already know you should do. Right? I was just example. If you were, if you were a robot and you just wrote in what you're going to eat all day in the morning and then you just date it, you wouldn't have much trouble losing weight. You know what to eat and what not to eat. The problem is you, you start the day out and you say, okay, I'm not gonna eat the cookie after lunch. And then all of a sudden lunchtime comes and you feel like if you don't eat that cookie, you're about to kill someone. <laughs> What's the point of living if I can't eat a cookie? You know? And you go into this mindset, you can't stop yourself from eating the wrong stuff. You can't get yourself to eat the right stuff, which is to say you have no idea how to change your behavior. And that's your problem. You know, It's not that you don't know what to do so much. And that's why a diet's never gonna fix your, your weight problem. You know, it's not fixing the main problem you have, you know, it, it's just, um, it's like a bandaid, it's a bandaid for, you know, a bazooka wound. <laughs> it's just, it's totally inadequate because the problem is not, it's not that you don't know what to eat so much. I mean, you can always get better at optimizing your diet, but, um, that's not your main problem. Main problem is you have no idea how to change your mindset. No idea at all. Um, you have no idea how to implement a healthy lifestyle. You don't know how to change your behavior. You know, this is the main problem you have. So, um, and again, and so what, what ends up happening, it shows up, the presenting problem with, with people with the weight stuff is, so, well, I keep binge, I, I, I cut my calories down and then I can't stop myself from overeating. And then they, they come at me and they say it as if it doesn't make any sense. And if you take a step back, this is, this, this is called going meta. It's annoying that Facebook took that term because meta is probably one of the most important psychological processes that you could use to change your life right? Because most of the time we kind of go through life first person. We're just experiencing it in the moment. And very rarely do most people have learned to kind of take a step back from their typical perspective and reality. This is embedded in my program, right? This is a core part of it. Every day you're, you're taking a step back because you're, you're seeing your, your weight loss in your life from the same perspective all the time, which is why you just keep repeating the same things over and over and can't even figure out what to do. But if you take a step back, you know, you start to realize that you know, the problem is you don't know how to change your behavior, right? You, you know what you should do. You don't know how to get yourself to do the things you know you should do. I mean, that's the main problem, right? And you don't know how to change what you're doing because you don't even understand your mind, right? You, you have no idea about your mind. You think you're this conscious creature who's going to change your behavior by becoming more aware of what you're doing and force yourself to make the right choices, and that just indicates a complete lack of understanding about your mind, you know? So again, as a hip, hypnotist, I think the most valuable part of hypnosis is this understanding of your mind. And listen how simple this is, that you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind, okay? Uh, and physically, the conscious part of your mind is about 10% of your brain. The rest of you is 90%. The, the, the subconscious part of your brain is 90% of your brain. Okay. And so these behaviors that you've learned over your life, how to tie your shoes, how to read and write, how to use a computer mouse, everything that you've learned is stored in your subconscious mind. So when you go to use a computer mouse, you're not logically consciously thinking about how you're using it. You're not saying, okay, hand now go right. Now go left. Imagine if you, every day you had to get up and tell yourself how to walk across the room, how to use a fork, how to write, you know, you don't know how to do those things consciously, literally don't know how to do them consciously. It'll prove the point. You know how to write with your hand, right? But you can't do it with the other hand, can you? No, <laughs> because it's not your conscious mind that knows how to write, it's your subconscious mind. And so this is just indicative of 
how you operate. And so all your eating behaviors, all your routines, your habits, your whole life is subconsciously programmed in and you're just running them on autopilot. How else do you explain it? I mean, how much more could you want to lose weight? You want to lose weight more than anything in the world. So what part of you is compelling you to eat the wrong foods? Right? How do you explain that? I'm just a food addict. I got no self-control. What? What's that? What sense does that make? If you're a conscious being, then why would you eat the wrong food when you want to lose weight? How's that happening? What's your explanation? And you don't have one or you got a limited one. And that's why you can't change it. Cause you don't even know you're, you're in a, you know what I mean? Like you're in a dark room trying to figure things out. Like with your weight, you have no real sense of what's going on. So once you understand that you, your subconscious mind is where all your eating behaviors are, your eating behaviors, by the way, the most important part is these subconscious environmental cues. Notice when you eat, notice your worst eating habit. Okay. Notice it. Think about it. It does. It's not always different. You don't like, oh, one day I'm going to get an ice cream sundae and the next day I'm going and getting a giant bag of chips. Oh, and the next day I'm going to the pie shop and getting a pie. And the day after that, I'm going to the pizza store and eat pizza. And the day after that, I'm going to a brand new you know restaurant across town and eating that food. Like it, it, it starts to become a routine. Whatever you do, it's a routine. Um, what's the most common one? Eating at night, right? So isn't it interesting that you don't overeat all the, you don't eat a pint of ice cream in the morning, right? You don't eat it in the middle of the day. It's specific to a time. You know, so there's these subconscious environmental cues that trigger you to have certain behaviors. It's Pavlovian, right? Remember Pavlov's dogs where he ring the bell while he showed them food. So the natural response is to see food and salivate, right? The conditioned response is just start ringing a bell at the same time. And the dog starts linking the bell to the food. And pretty soon you just ring the bell and the dog starts salivating. Okay. This is the same way our brains work. And so now all of a sudden it's like, well, I want to lose weight. So I'm going to eat good today. And then all of a sudden lunch comes and you eat a cookie. And you say, mm, I really want a cookie. And now it feels weird if you don't eat a cookie. And now all this pressure builds to eat the cookie. Right? And you have no idea about what's going on on this subconscious level. <laughs> and you're just trying to fight against your willpower. You know? And it's just, it's, a, it's an impotent strategy. Let's put it that way. You know? But it's not you. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not that you're broken. It's not that there's something wrong with who you are. It's that the strategy you're trying to use doesn't work. It's an ineffective strategy. Statistics put 39% of people can't make it past a week on a diet. 75% can't make it past a month. 95% ultimately fail to lose weight and keep it off long-term with a diet. So with numbers that bad, it's not you. It's the strategy you're following. You know? Um, I say it to you. So, so yeah. It, oh, so what, so what are you going to do to change it? Is it easy? No. You got to commit to it. Just It's like, I always say my program, it's like a college course condensed into eight weeks. You know, it's intense. It's a lot of stuff. It's a 60 page workbook you got to go through. <laughs> but once you have it, you get this personalized blueprint, this roadmap for getting to and living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot, you know? And so it takes a lot of motivation and commitment to do it. But that comes from recognizing that we're talking about your literal life. We're talking about your mortality, how long you're going to live on this planet. And we're talking about your health and your quality of life during that time is directly related to all of these things. So, so it ought to be important enough <laughs> you know, for you to commit to. Um, but again, you minimize it, you know, and that's not your fault. It's the diets are always just talking about, the diets are always talking about uh, looking better, which, which is really, that, it's not gonna be that much motivation for you. Uh, and then the, the, medical, the medical establishment, uh, you know, I'm pissed at them because they're, they're complicit in this whole thing. The doctors should be telling us and making more of a point of how the weight's, really harming us. Now, I don't know why they don't. I mean, I don't know if it has anything to do with all the money they make off of all the medicines they use to treat the symptoms from all the obesity and the overweight problems. I don't know. 
you know? But, um, you know, it, it's weird when we have type 2 diabetes as an epidemic and it's a completely, pretty much a completely self-decided disease, you know? And I don't know. It's just, it's what it is. But, you know, at some point you got to reflect, you know, and that's all I suggest you do. Go do it. It's, uh, you can watch a training I put up. I put a, in my bio or my description, it's uh, three steps to master your weight. Go watch that. It's a half hour training, you know, and it'll bring you through some kind of a, a philosophy, a structure of how to master your weight. Because you don't want to lose weight, by the way, you know. Um, you want to master your weight. You want to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. Do you know that? Do you make that distinction? Because you're so caught up in that hypnosis. I just want to lose the weight. I was like, what them? What them? What are you going to do them? I'll figure it out then. I don't know. I just want the weight gone and then I'll figure it out. No, you won't. <laughs> I mean, statistics say no, you won't. You haven't, you haven't done it yet. You've lost weight and you didn't keep it off then. Why would you? Why, what's going to change all of a sudden? You know? Because here's what happens with the weight loss, right? It's like, okay, I want to lose weight. And you, and you get really committed and you actually start losing weight, right? But what happens is the, the food pleasure goes down, right? I'm not going to eat all those foods anymore. So that pleasure goes down. But what you replace it with is the scale going down. But then at some point, you get to the point where you can't lose more weight. You get to the goal weight. Where's your pleasure at now? Where are you getting your pleasure from now? Right? Because you built the whole process around motivating yourself to watch that scale go down. And now all of a sudden the scale stops. Where are you getting your pleasure from? How are you oriented? How, how are you thinking about that? Right? Now you don't think about that. You say, I don't, I'm not going to be like, those people. when I lose the weight, then I'm going to figure it out. Why? You're following some ridiculous plan. 1,200 calories, you're hungry all the time. You're pissed off. You're frustrated. You're annoyed. You just want to eat everything. Yeah, how long are you going to stay like that? <laughs> you know? It's like, again, I'm not trying to be condescending or, or an asshole here. I'm just saying, I get crazy about this. You know, my, my, if you don't know this, my father, my father died of a heart attack when he was 54. I was nine years old. And that's why I'm doing all this, you know? So to me, you know what I mean? Like, this really isn't about just looking better. You know, I want you to look better. That's a cool bonus to it, but it's about literal life and death. And it's like for you to even think about that, it's hard for you to even like internalize that. And that's that's on purpose. The, the obesity conspiracy is three main people keeping you obese or overweight. Um, it's the food manufacturers and there are millions of ads you see every day, you know, getting you addicted to their foods. All of us, you know, it's the diet industry, which is the same thing as the, the food companies. You know, they're the same, right? You know, Weight Watchers is owned by Heinz. Did you know uh, Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle? Did you know that uh, Atkins Diet Foods is owned by the same company that owns Onions Pretzels and Cinnabon? Right? Do you think those companies really want you to stop eating so much of their products? Do you think they're like they feel guilty because they're selling you all this shit and they're like, you know what? Maybe we should give them a diet too to help them out as well. Do you think so? <laughs> I don't. I think they want you to do the diet because the diet's a half-assed plan anyways. It's missing the most important ingredients of actually changing your weight. And so it's like they want you to restrict your calories for a little while. They want you to do what the other person, they want you to cut your calories under 1,200 for a couple days because they know that if you do that, what happens is you're going to eat more calories than you were originally because now you've triggered that fear of not having food. So now you're hungrier. Now it's harder to stop eating, you know? They're never going to get program yourself then. You never see Heinz by program yourself then and put that out to the world because it would help you, it would cause people to stop eating so much of their shit. You know? So, and I feel bad about this because that's, it's the word, it's the big lie where it's like, you think the diets are helping you, but what they're doing, because you think they're a friend, but they're, they're just teaching you bullshit. The diets, by, by the way, okay, so once you understand the subconscious mind, two things you want to know. Your subconscious mind does not understand negatives. Okay? So if I tell you, don't think about a banana. 
don't think about a banana. Right? What are you thinking about? Yeah, right. And the second thing is that your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between vivid imagination and reality. Right. This is why you watch TV shows and movies because you sit there in a trance state, by the way, watching them, and you have mirror neurons in the back, and you're vicariously experiencing whatever you're watching. Right. And so it feels nice. It's fun. So when you go on a diet, what are you doing? You're fixated on what food you have to stop eating. I can't eat the cookies. I got to stop eating the cakes. I have to stop eating the ice cream. I have to stop eating that. Right. And every time you think about them, you, you start salivating because you're thinking about them. And the longer you're on the diet, not eating, them, the more you start salivating, thinking about them. Right. <laughs> it's it's literally like hypnotically a diet if, as a hypnotist. If I wanted to people to eat more food and to struggle with their weight, I would create a diet. And that's exactly what I would do to people. That's how I teach them. Right. They never teach you the mindset piece. Right? Do they ever? I, is someone, am I missing it? <laughs> right? I know Weight Watchers will say, oh, we got a holistic mindfulness piece. Mm, sure. Right? Mindfulness piece. Like, what is it? What's the mindfulness piece? <laughs> you know? So um, they give you half the story and uh, they never help you out. And, and you know this because watching this, right? I know, I know everyone watching this because I always ask this question. How long have you been trying to lose weight for? How long you want to lose weight for? 10, 20, 30, 40 years I always get, right? And this is how I this is how you can know the diets are bullshit and that you're in a state of hypnosis is that you know as little now about how to actually lose weight as you did before you started your first diet, which is to say you know literally nothing. You know, you have some tactics. Oh, I should stop eating carbs. Oh, I got to lower my fat. I got to eat more vegetables. I got to eat more protein. Gotta eat less vegetables. <laughs> what it doesn't matter, right? There is literally every diet out there, all the specifics, but you can always see through them because if they're just telling you what to eat and never showing you how to actually get yourself to eat that way, it's not gonna work for you. Because that your problem isn't knowing what to eat. The problem is you don't know how to change your behavior. And you can't change your behavior because you don't know how to change your thinking. Yeah. Anyways. Um, what is the best way to lose weight when you are over 65? Now that's a good question. The best way to lose weight when you are over 65 is is the same way to lose weight when you are under 65, which is to focus on your lifestyle. That's the key part. And that's going to be the biggest shift for anyone who wants to lose weight, okay? Because there's a very good chance that your lifestyle is driving your weight. And so it just shows up more when you get older, okay? When you get hormone issues, menopause, metabolic disorders, it just reveals your lifestyle more clearly, Okay. And so what do I mean by lifestyle? I'm talking about sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude, you know? And so as you start bringing these into your life, what happens? You start changing yourself on a cellular level, on a biochemical level. You know, you can't just look, yeah, when you get 65, when you go to menopause, you can't just, just the calorie thing. Probably not. You know, now I've made a whole career out of helping people, women specifically that are postmenopausal lose weight. So I know I always get the people saying, oh, yeah, you're a man. You try being a woman. Try being a postmenopausal woman. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sitting here watching all these women that are postmenopausal losing weight. So I don't know what to say. I'm not saying you're saying that, by the way, Capward 607. Um, but, but people in general have this idea that, like, oh, I got this problem, so now I can't lose the weight. Well, are you changing your lifestyle at all? Are you? You know, because you're probably not. Because, again, the diets never teach you to do that. You know, and I say all those habits, and you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to do all those. Well, everything I do with people is practical, you know? So again, the very first thing you learn is it's a three to five minute technique. It could be a minute technique if you want, where you can do six of those habits just in one minute. 
And then you can start doing them every day. Because in my program, consistency is more important than intensity. When you try and lose weight, intensity is way more important than consistency. You don't give a shit about consistency. You just want to lose the weight as fast as possible. Right? And so with my approach, it's weight mastery. I want you to master your weight. Because I don't want you to lose weight. The, the weight loss is just a phase. Do you understand that? The weight loss is just a phase. It's going to take you a couple of weeks, months, or years. And then you, that's it. Now you're at your goal weight. And so now the, the real process begins of just living the rest of your life at that weight on near autopilot. You don't, want to st- you don't want your weight to become the main focus of your entire life. That's a crappy quality of life. You know? Your goal weight should be the weight that gives you the best quality of life. This whole process should be one that makes your life incredible. It makes it amazing. You know, that's why I say you got to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. There's no motivation for you to lose weight. You know, short, you know, listen, if you, if you're, um, you know, if you're a, a model or an athlete, or if uh, you, you know, if you're a life, if you have other things in your life that revolve around how you look, you know, then maybe you're going to tap into more motivation. But if you're, you know, if you've been married for 30 years, you know, and your housewife or your professional, um, you know, losing that weight, it's just not motivating. It's just not, you think it is, but it's not, you know? So you have to recognize the health implications. The fact that if you're overweight and you're a woman, there's a good chance you're going to live 3.3 years less. If you're obese, you're going to lose, live seven years less. That ought to provide your motivation for you. Okay. That's the pain part of it. And there's a lot more pain you could tap into, but then there's the pleasure part of it. How good would it feel? How nice would it feel to live at your goal weight? How amazing would it feel to wake up and know that you were at the weight and feeling as good as you could feel? Imagine that reality. I know it's hard for you because you've been trapped. This is a whole other thing, right? You're so fixated. You're so fixated on trying to figure out the problem. You're obsessed with the question, what's wrong with me? Why can't, why haven't I lost the weight? Which is to say you're problem oriented. You keep fixating on the problem. How come I can't stick to a plan? How come I can't eat well? Why don't I lose this weight? What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? And you obsessively think about it and you think you're going to get this insight and it's going to lead to this cognitive breakthrough. It's going to change everything, right? That's what you're thinking now. You're just hoping and wishing and praying that, because here it is, right? This was Friday. So you're just praying like maybe this weekend you'll just all of a sudden get motivated, right? And then maybe Monday, maybe Monday will be, maybe it'll be Monday, right? And, And it's every week, right? And it's, oh, the first of the month, you know? Oh, it's the first of the year, new year. You know, and so it's like you just you just hope. But again, your motivation in the past has always been the spontaneous thing. Like it's usually and again, it's usually this pain based, spontaneous thing. You step on the scale, see the picture of yourself, clothes don't fit, catch a reflection, go to the doctor, and you're like, oh, I got to do something. And you try and base it on that pain based motivation, and it doesn't work. You know, which is to say, you don't even know how to motivate yourself properly. <laughs> you know, think about the motivation you have to lose weight as opposed to the motivation you have to take care of your kids or to be a good partner or to do well at work, whatever is motivating to you in your life. Notice the difference between something you're actually motivated about and how committed you are to it, and then notice your motivation to lose weight. It's non-existent. I'm here to say, if you're overweight and not losing weight, it's because you don't wanna lose weight. And I don't say that as an asshole. I say it as a literal, specific thing. You don't wanna lose weight. You you wish you'd lose weight. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like your wish is at a level 100 out of 100, but your actual want, your, your want is like a, one out of 10, one out of a hundred, you know, um, you don't really want to do the things, you know, you just wish you would, but you don't really want to do it. And you don't really want to do it because you don't even see any real plan to do it. 
you know, so it's like, it's like, oh, more dieting, that doesn't work, you know, so that's part of it as well, is that you don't have like a real idea of how you could even do it. Even the words I'm using, when's the last time you said, you know what, I don't want to lose weight, I actually want to master my weight. I want to get to my goal weight and live the, re the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. Have you ever said anything even close to that? No. You say, I just want to lose the weight, I don't care what I got to do, I don't give a shit, I'll do anything, I just want to lose the weight. You know, that's irrational hypnotic thinking. Like you're not being logical. You're not being rational. And the worst part is you've done this a million times. And you're not learning from it. You just keep doing the same thing and you can do the same thing your whole life. I have a conversation with people, 60s, 70s, 80s sometimes that never really got the weight part down. And again, cause they're in this habitual thing. Well, I, I don't know. I just hope I get motivated to lose the weight. I did it 25 years ago on Weight Watchers. I don't know. Maybe it'll happen again, you know, but there's no real understanding of how to motivate yourself. There's no understanding of the process. You know, and so you're at the whims of, I don't know, the moon's aligned. Now you're motivated. You know what I mean? Like you're just, you become very superstitious because you don't know how to actually motivate yourself. You just hope and wish that you'll get motivated. So yeah, but anyways, if you're over 65 and want to lose weight, I would suggest you really focus in on the lifestyle piece. And I say that to everyone, you know, I'm obsessed with the lifestyle piece because A, there's just so many benefits to it. It's not just the weight loss for me. I love all of these things. I literally love them. I love these lifestyle habits, like, like my kids, like my wife. I love them because doing them makes me feel so incredible mentally, physically, emotionally. I, I love living them. And I just keep feeling better and better and better, you know? And, and then it gets easier and easier to just master my weight and to eat right, you know? So that's what I would suggest. I agree. I weigh myself every morning. Yeah, good. Good. I like that. Someone says this is brilliant. Cool. Thank you. I'm glad. So happy I find you. I love this. Great. Super, super. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, and that's why I do this. I, I've i spent the last couple of years, I've been doing this professionally for 20 years. And, um, you know, I had an office and I would work with people. And then I started, I created a program called Program Yourself Then. And I, I, I sold that for a number of years. And then um, last few years, I've been doing a lot more private coaching again. And spent the last year certifying people in my process. And I really, really, I kind of took a step back last fall and I reflected on well, what's most important to me. My um, mission in life is to help as many people as possible with their goal weight. You know, as I said, my, my dad died of a heart attack uh, when he was 54. So this is life or death to me, you know, and, and my whole story, you know, I was 50 pounds heavier and I dropped the weight with this whole process that I created and I've helped other people over the last 20 years with. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad. And so I, I literally restructured my whole business so that I could do live streams all the time and help people for free. Um, I make these TikToks and videos on YouTube and in other places for free so I can help people. Uh, and if you go watch that training I was talking about, go in my description or my bio there, click on that link, go opt in. Um, even if you don't watch the training, you know, which a lot of people don't, they just opt in. But still, what's going to happen is I'll start emailing you every day. I send you these daily uh, messages that'll help you master your weight. They'll help you think about things different, give you completely unique strategies. I promise you, you, you have no idea about them. And it's all free. You know, my, my business is like a Robin Hood model. So it's like, um, you know, people that want to invest with me, you know, they invest with me and then I'm able to do that and, and give the rest of it away for free, you know? So, so it works well, but I'm glad that I can kind of give this and share, share this with you. Um, cause that's what I want to do. You know, um, someone says, I understand what you're saying here. Did so great having this mental understanding. Super. Um, since COVID, I cannot get back there mentally. Yeah. The COVID thing, right? That's such a real thing. COVID was... You know, now again, when COVID, I always like to start with this idea that there's reasons and excuses. You know, when it comes to weight loss, here's another thing is you're so hard on yourself because just the way diet is, it's like you have to like beat yourself up in order to get yourself results. It's all very pain-based. 
You know, most people's motivation to lose weight is, is that spontaneous pain-based thing. So people try and like whip themselves to get themselves motivated to do the things to lose weight. It's a very unpleasant, negative, shitty process, you know? And so um, when it comes to COVID, you know, people, they, they go right into that mindset where it's like, oh, COVID, so what? I should I shouldn't have, should have been fine. I should have just been fine with my, I should have just been able to handle it perfectly. That's bullshit, you know? That's a real reason. <laughs> COVID ain't no excuse. It, it's starting to become an excuse. I mean, if you're still using it, you know what I mean? Like, like whatever, but that was a real thing. And I think you should take a second and acknowledge that and give yourself a little bit of peace. Just relax with yourself. That was, that was really hard. I, I don't know how it was for you, but for most people, it was very difficult. I, I was coaching people through the whole thing. And we would really, we backed off a lot on the weight loss. My sessions then would, would actually back off from the weight loss and really kind of the self-care. And that's kind of a, a little bit of a buzzword right now. But, but I really mean like, like that was such an intense thing and, and it, it varied intensely for different people. But the level of uncertainty during COVID, understand this, uncertainty is like kryptonite for your brain, okay? So we don't know what's going on. It is a very uncomfortable state of mind for our brain. And COVID, we had no idea what was going on and, and things were out of our control. That was a very emotional thing to deal with in, in a lot of ways. So if you got knocked off track with that and are having trouble getting back on, um, I think you should start the process by... I don't want to say forgiving yourself. That, that's not the right word I mean, but it's, um, okay, let me put it this way. I like this. I use this a lot with clients. If, if you had a friend who was in your exact same situation, a friend that you really liked and loved, and they were in your exact same situation, what would you say to them about how discouraged they felt about COVID? Would you beat them up and say, yeah, you really, you should have, that's just an excuse. You're just using that as an excuse. You should have eaten right. You should have just stayed on track. You're just being lazy. You're just using that as an excuse, right? Would you say that to them? No, right? You'd be way more supportive. You say, I gotta do that to yourself, okay? <laughs> Start there. Start with a little bit of understanding, a little bit of grace. Just just calm down and understand that was a really hard situation, okay? And then start building yourself back up. And understand that a lot of times what people want to do, I tell you, you know, I, I, I'm going off on a little bit of tangent here, but a lot of times with, with the way we approach weight loss, it's like, okay, well, I was on track, then COVID happened, then everything fell apart. And now what's happening is you're trying to get right back to where you were. This is a big mistake people make with the diets as well. Because it's all or nothing, what happens is you have to have all this motivation to start. Well, like someone said in the beginning, right? I'm going to cut 50% of my calories down, right? That's, a, that's like going from here up to here, right? It's a huge leap. And so this is, this is embedded in why it's so hard to lose weight with that diet mindset. Because it's like you have to make this giant leap. And if you're a little bit tired or a little bit discouraged or whatever, it's really hard to get up here. You know, again, you need to have that spontaneous pain-based motivation to get all the way up here. And then to recreate that's almost impossible for you. That's where you find yourself now. I want to do it, but I can't. But a big part of why you can't do it is because you're making it, you have to do all. You got to fix everything all at once or it's not worth doing. I'm telling that that's a big part of why you can't take action. Okay. And so what I'd suggest you do is recognize where you were at before COVID and where you're at now and start pick, pick one thing that you were doing then that you think would be most helpful and focus on that and start implementing that. And then once you get kind of comfortable with that, then pick another thing. You know what I mean? Like, so let me give this, I'll give you an example I'm talking about. So I play guitar. And so if I, sometimes it happens where I won't play guitar for like a month. Pretty rarely now, like I've gotten pretty good with playing regularly, but there've been times I've been playing for 30 years. And so it's like, 
if I step away from it for a month, uh, I, my calluses go away, my, my dexterity has gone away, my memory of what I'm playing has faded a bit. And so I have to kind of work myself back up. And you're like this. You, there are things in your life that you know this, right? So if you're athletic at all, it's the same thing. You got to work yourself up, right? If you're, if you're training really hard and everything's going great and you're playing, I don't know, let's just say you play basketball. You play basketball at the rec league and you, you've been playing every day for the last six months and everything's going great. Then all of a sudden COVID hits and you don't play for two years. Well, now what happens is you say, oh, I'm going to go right back to where I was. Well, yeah, that's how you hurt yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is like, boy, if you're an American, right? God, the idea of being patient with something, right? <laughs> no way. So it's like, what if you were patient and just kind of slowly brought yourself back up, you know? So that'd be my suggestion. I can almost guarantee mentally, the reason you can't get back there is you're trying to make this giant leap instead of just making small systematic changes. And that applies pretty much for everyone with weight loss just in general. But certainly the COVID thing is a lot of people trying to get right back to where they were, do exactly what they did, but it's a different situation now. So you have to work yourself back up. So I hope that's the case and would help you. Someone says, which vitamins are not good for nighttime? Which vitamins are not good for nighttime? I don't know. I'm not much of a vitamin person at all. I don't know much about vitamins um, and supplements and stuff. Um, find your why. Absolutely. I've been on a diet since I was a child, literally 30 years of dieting. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, and, and a lot of people are like that. You know, it's literally, it's a, it's a lifetime of dieting. And it's, I, I, that's what I'm, I'm trying to tell you, like, like that, that's a state of hypnosis. You know, people will say, oh, can I be hypnotized? Literally everyone can be hypnotized and is hypnotized every single day. It, you got to stop thinking about hypnosis as a process, like of someone swinging a watch and hypnotizing you. And you need to start thinking about hypnosis is a natural way that our brain operates because we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind and they think differently. Your conscious mind is logical and rational. It understands what you should do, why you should do it, all that stuff. And your subconscious mind is not logical and rational. It's associative, it links things together. And so it does what it's been programmed to do. And so when it comes to weight loss, you've learned, you've associated weight loss with dieting. That's the only way you, the only concept you have of losing weight is to diet. And so you are in this hypnotic state where it's, it's very illogical and rational. You never see it that way because you're stuck in it. But if you take a step back from your life, if you, if you step back from yourself and look back over the last 30 years of trying to lose weight and trying to diet to do it and start to see it from a different perspective, you're going to start to realize you just keep doing the same thing over and over and it doesn't work. And I'll tell you what it is. I mean, so you can see it. it it's, it's almost always triggered by some spontaneous pain-based event. You step on the scale, you see the picture of yourself, the clothes don't fit, you catch your reflection and you get really upset. And you say, I gotta do something to change this. You pick some plan that's usually too extreme. You start doing it for a little while because you're really motivated in the beginning. The motivation starts to fade because you get further away from that pain event or you start getting some results and the pain goes down and the motivation goes down. And next thing you know, you're not doing it anymore. It's a, it's a blurry line, you know, but all of a sudden, you know, you realize, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really eating well. It just fades away. Okay. And then you have to wait for the process to happen again, where you step on the scale, see the picture, da, 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 get all triggered again, start the process, do it again. So you have to take a step back from that and realize you, you have to make a, a decision about your weight that's logical. And the only way you can do that is really recognizing the full impact of the weight's having on your life. Okay. Um, Cause you're just doing, you, your whole motivation is just very emotional and it's, it's based on pain. And your brain doesn't work the way. You can't pain yourself to weight mastery, okay? Because your brain is a pleasure-seeking mechanism. And so if you think you're going to lose weight by beating the shit out of yourself and make yourself feel really bad and then taking away all the things you enjoy doing so that you'll just lose weight, you're never going to stick with it. 
because losing weight doesn't make you happy automatically. You, you've got to know this. You've lost weight before. Was it so great that, what, it was so great you put the weight back on? I, I have had these conversations. I've done over 5,000 prior weight loss sessions. I've talked to a lot of people that have lost weight and put it back on. What happened? And what it usually comes down to is that I didn't feel like myself. Yeah, exactly. You know, you need to change from the inside out, not from the outside in. There's, in my program, the, the very first thing we work on is a self-image after the motivation piece. You got to know how to motivate yourself, you know. But imagine your motivation was level 10. You know, I always use that example. Imagine someone kidnapped the person you love the most on this planet. And they said, you're not going to get them back unless you lose weight this month, right? Imagine if you could feel that level of motivation without having the kidnappings thing, right? Well, you can. It all just depends on how you think about it. So that's what I do in my program. That's the first thing. But then as soon as you're actually motivated, the, the work starts by defining the self-image you want to have. Who do you want to be? That's what this process is in my world. It's not just about what you want to look like. It's about who do you want to live as? Who do you want to be during your lifetime? It's recognize your mortality. When you were talking about motivation, by the way, the most powerful motivation is chained to your mortality. Recognize you ain't going to be here forever. This ain't a dress rehearsal. You get one shot. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to eat yourself away to have three, three less years, seven less years? And I know some people do because I say it all the time. And by the way, those studies are based on the Framingham Heart Study. I'm just making those up. Go look up the Framingham Heart Study. It's been going on for almost 100 years now. And go find out how people that are overweight, women specifically, are losing 3.3 years of their lives. Obese women are losing seven years of their lives because of the weight. Okay? So it's like, I know it's just like I started this whole call talking about um, the scale, the fear of the scale. Well, the fear of mortality is even bigger than that. And so you need to wrap your weight motivation around mortality. Partly. That's the pain part of it. And the pleasure part of it is who do you want to be? Right? What's your potential as a human? Are you reaching that now? It's not because of the weight. It's not because of your size right now. It's not because you step on a scale that says that number. But all those things, that, that scale number, that size clothes are a reflection of how you're living, of how you think about yourself, you see? So we need to give this whole process more meaning. You know, someone says, find your why. Yeah, you need to find your why and you need to decide who you want to be. Because your weight is negatively impacting the most important things in your life. And the most important things in your life are probably relationships. It's probably your kids, your partner, your family, your friends. Right? Those are the most important things in your life. And I say, I say your, your weight's negatively impacting those. And you say, well, they don't give a shit how I look. I didn't say that's how you look. It's how you feel. It's how you think. It's that internal dialogue you got going in your head that's constantly, constantly cycling through how shitty you feel from the weight. And how pissed off you are that you can't change it. It's all those negative emotions you're feeling. It's all the effects of the weight and how bad it feels. You know, it's 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 coming face to face with those things as where the real motivation comes from. And then recognize who do you want to be, right? How much better could your life be if you knew how to install those healthy habits I was talking about? If you felt more energized, if you were lighter, if your knees felt better, your hips felt better, you felt more flexible, stronger, lighter. It was easier to move. You had more energy. Your mindset was clear. You could think clearer. You felt better. Your emotions were brighter. You felt more positive, more optimistic. You felt like a success, right? How much better would your life be, <laughs> right? Way better. But you're not thinking about weight loss like that. You just, I just want to look better. I just want to look better. That means almost nothing to you, you know? That's why you can't get the motivation. And if you've been dieting for 30 years, it might be a good time to reflect on and say, you know what? I'm kind of done with dieting. I'm done with it. <laughs> it never really shows me how to do what I'm supposed to do. 
I can't keep doing this anymore. <laughs> I'm going to be dead. Uh, and it's because I keep trying to diet, you know? Uh, leaving a minute to go watch the free video. Um, I want to see what they're saying. I get all your questions. It takes me a little while to get to them sometimes, I know, but I'll get to them, you know? Um, leaving a minute to go watch the free video on your website. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. You should all watch that. And at the very least, go go opt in. Uh, I send you emails all the time. Someone says, I just love your talks, helpful and non-judgy. Thank you. You are welcome. I'm glad. Absolutely non-judgy, you know? And that's, I think, a missing piece of this whole process is, you know, I'm all for body positivity. I, I don't, I think, regardless of what your weight, size, or whatever, you're a beautiful human being and you deserve to be loved. And um, it's funny. <laughs> I, thought, I was watching last night uh, that show on Netflix that, that guy, he's a hitchhiker, a hatchet a hitchhiker guy. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this stuff. Anyways, he gets, he gets, he, uh, it's a lot of stuff. You know what? I'm just going to skip it. I forget I even said anything. But, but thank, thank you for that. And go, go watch that video, by the way. All right. But yeah, I try to be non-judgy. I don't want to be judgy, but I want to be honest with you. So the body positivity thing I was saying is that you deserve to be loved. It doesn't matter about your size in that sense. You should be judged. You're a beautiful person regardless of that. At the same time, it's preventing you from being as happy and healthy as you could be. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So I think we need to another thing America is not very good at is, is cognitive dissonance, holding nuanced thought, holding two competing ideas at the same time. So you're a beautiful person. You're an amazing person. Nothing needs to change except yourself hundred percent. And if you want to change, you can be a lot happier and feel better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we need to be able to hold two competing thoughts at the same time, I think. And we're not very good at that a lot of times. Um, but, but I'm completely non-judgy. I don't care. You know, I've spent, I've spent the last 20 years professionally just helping people with this. Um, my father died of it. So it's like, it's not, it's not about how you look. I don't give a shit. I don't care. You know, I just, I want you to be happy with yourself. I want you to feel good. You know, that's what I care about. And I think if you start feeling better and you start changing your lifestyle and you start making healthier food choices because it makes you feel good, I think your weight's going to change as well. And that's fun too, you know? Um, thank you for your generosity. You're welcome. And I'm glad, I'm glad you appreciate it. I'm glad I have a place to be generous with it. You know, it's like, I, I've had this information for a lo long time. And uh, that's why I, I like social media for this year. I guess social media, right? Everything's good and bad. And um, if I can help people, you know, get off that diet train and start really making real, real strides with their weight, um, that that's all means all the world to me, you know. So, so I'm really glad that there's people listening to this and it, it being absorbed, you know. Have to drop a thanks. I've started shifting my thinking, how my body feel. Quit all my ADD. Yeah, um, yeah. Shifting your thinking is the key thing. That's, that's what I believe comes down. That, that's where your weight ultimately is dictated by is your thinking. So it's like, it's, it's your thinking leads to your feelings and your feelings lead to your behaviors. It's, it's, I believe it's that process. It all starts with changing how you think, you know, and then being strategic with it. And again, that's why I think the diets, they never tell you any of this stuff. It's, it's a, the diets are like a carnival game, right? You know, it's like the, the worst carnival, carnival game for me, the one I'm a sucker for is the one with the big basket and they, t it's like a softball and, and the guy, he's like, throwing it this way he's throwing it behind his back throw hook shots and he gets it in every time and then i'm like well i could do that you know and then i go and try and it bounce out <laughs> you know it's five more bucks bounce out and it's like it just never works and that's kind of what the diet is you know they may it's a carnival game they they are very specific diets are very specifically created to create a concept of one simple thing and again the keto is probably the, the best example of this you know or the atkins however you want to describe it this idea that you're gonna stop eating carbs right? Because it's the easiest conceptually sounding thing on the planet, right? Oh, just stop eating carbs. I can do that. Oh, don't lose weight. Yeah, cool. 
right? <laughs> and then, then you go try and do it. You're like, oh shit, all I ate was carbs. Uh, the last 30 years, I guess all I've been eating is carbs because I don't know what to eat now, you know? And then you figure it out and you say, okay, and I start stuffing myself with protein and uh, no more fiber and carbs. And now you feel like someone poured cement into your body, you know? And it's like, and you go to a birthday party and you're just sitting there, you know, eating a, you know, a piece of steak <laughs> and everyone's eating a birthday cake and it feels weird. I'm kind of joking, you know what I mean? I think there's, there's I like part of keto. I, I think people, yeah, refined carbs is a big problem. You know, I think when you start getting into a, a meal plan where that it starts cutting out the vegetables and fruits, I think you might want to give it a second thought, you know, but, you know, do what you're going to do. Again, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Um, but I think I think we have to start looking past the one thing. You have to start looking past the diets and recognize the bullshit they're pulling on us. You know, they're carnival barkers. They're, they're pointing out one thing to make it seem really easy, you know, and you have to take a step back and say, because, again, you get you're you're see, this is the thing. You're, you're very emotional when you make a diet decision. You know, you're in that space. Is that, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I'll do anything, right? It leads me to the point. I always reference this. So this is probably the most extreme popular diet I've seen is the HCG diet. And talk about carnival games and, and magicianship is uh, the HCG diet, if you don't know it, was um, that that's a, a hormone that pregnant women have. And so the idea is oh, we're going to inject you with this hormone, right? So that's the, that's the one thing. That's the thing they put out front, right? It's kind of the unique thing, the selling feature. But, but the, you know, the other part of the program is that you got to eat 500 calories a day, <laughs> right? So it's like, what, what, you know what I mean? Like how long you need 500 calories a day for? I don't care. I just want to lose the weight. Okay. So get your injections and eat 500 calories a day. And how long you need 500 calories a day for till I lose the weight. Then what are you going to do? I'll figure it out then. You know what I mean? You got to stop that. You've got to stop it. And it's hard to do because you're used to just making rash decisions, rash emotional decisions. You got to pull yourself back. And you have to make a decision like you're going to go to college. Okay, why do I want to go to college? Because getting a degree is going to really serve me in life. It's going to help me get a better job and it's going to make me a better person. So I'm willing to commit all this time, money, and resources to mastering this area of my life and getting to become a better person. See, you're not just making a college just, oh, I don't know, I'll just go there. <laughs> right? There's too much at stake. You know, you got to take a step back and think about it. That's how you should be thinking about your weight. Take a step back and reflect on it. What's this weight costing me? What can I get out of it? So I don't know. You know, go watch my training. I go through a little bit of that. And that's the first thing we go through in depth in my program. But um, you got to change the way you're thinking about this whole weight loss thing you're minimizing it. You know, I'm grateful for all the free advice you give us. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I give you I give you all of it too. Um, be more compassionate. That was a perfect example. I have to quit the negative talk. Thank you. Yeah, the negative talk, you're, you're literally hypnotizing yourself to be overweight and you don't realize it. Um, because you don't understand hypnosis, right? So if you don't understand hypnosis, you think like, I just want to, I don't want to be overweight anymore. I don't want to be an overeater anymore. I don't want to be fat anymore, right? You say that to yourself and you think that that's a good thing, but what it's doing is it's subconsciously fixating you on being a person who's fat, overweight, out of control, can't change all the rest of it, right? That's why, notice my videos after this, after I'm the talking here, go watch some of my videos and notice like the ones, all, all the hypnosis sessions that are about like losing weight, all of them, uh, are about connecting to who you want to be. Because how much do you think of yourself? How much do you do you allow yourself to just stop for a second and imagine what would it feel like at my goal weight? Who am I at my best? What would it feel like to take control of my weight, to eat well, to be healthy, to be energized, to be happy about myself, to be happy about my weight, to have a pleasant, enjoyable internal dialogue talking to me all day? You know, you never think about that stuff because you keep saying you, you, you think you have to beat yourself into submission and you think I have to lose the weight first and then I'll be nice to myself. 
And I think that's completely backwards. You know, my approach, I always say that my, my program is an inside out approach to weight loss. You know, first you got to change in here. And that all comes from Maxwell Maltz. He was a plastic surgeon. He wrote Psycho-Cybernetics. And so in the 50s, plastic surgery was about fixing deformities. And he fixed deformities and he realized he would fix deformities in people sometimes. They still act as if they had them. And that led him to realize the existence of the self-image, the mental image we hold of ourselves. And so I can promise you, if you've been struggling with weight for a long time, it's because your self-image is one, you think of yourself as an overweight person. You think of yourself as an overweight person who wants to lose weight more than anything and can't. And, and that keeps you anchored into being overweight, you know? So, so changing how you think is, is really, really important. Um, and then the negative talk, yeah, shifting on Because you're, you're your own hypnotist. You're upstairs. You know you have an internal dialogue, right? You know that, I hope. You're always talking to yourself 24 hours a day. And so you are your own best or worst hypnotist. You're, you're constantly programming yourself, right? And so if you don't know about that process, you know how to influence it, it's to say you don't know how to influence yourself at all. Right. Someone says crying right now. You're hundred percent right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with crying, right? Let yourself feel this emotion. I get that all the time. People like, is it normal? I, I listened to the hypnosis session. I relaxed and I was thinking about my ideal self and I started crying. No, it's, it's, it's normal because you realize how little you're thinking about that. You, you're fixated and obsessed with what you don't want. Now this is the cognitive biases, right? You really ought to know about cognitive biases if you're a human being, because <laughs> they let you know what you're working with here. What you're working with is completely different than what you think. I can almost guarantee it, right? Um, your, your sense of what you're working with is just wrong. I, I can't prove that any more to you than the fact that you, 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 you want to lose weight more than almost anything else in your life and you're not able to do it. Is it because you're a stupid person? It's not because I've helped really smart people that were stuck with the weight thing lose weight. It's that your, your thinking is completely backwards, when it comes to all the weight stuff. And it starts with the fact that you don't, you don't really know what you're working with here. So cognitive biases anyways are things we're all born with. Evolution has given us these. So one of them is a very important one to know about is a negativity bias. We all have a negativity bias. No matter how positive you think you are, we're all wired to recognize negative things more than positive things. Now evolutionary matters. It's more important to remember where the lion was than the beautiful flower. It's a survival thing, right? And so now it's... You have to recognize this because when you want to lose weight, you lose, you know, you have three weeks where you lose two pounds and then one week where you gain a pound and that gaining the one pound overrides the six pounds you lost. Do you know what I mean? So you have to recognize it. There's no changing it. There's no changing it. You're wired for negativity. It's just, a, it's an evolutionary thing. You're not changing that. So with cognitive biases, you can't change them. You can recognize them and strategize around them. Okay. And so recognizing your negativity bias, I think is crucial because what it means is you're always going to overemphasize the negative stuff and it's going to wipe out the positive stuff. So you have to recognize that right from the beginning, because if you're just, and, and again, this goes back to what I was saying before, you're just dabbling with weight loss. Anyways, you've never even made a real commitment to your weight loss because there aren't even really any real ways to make a commitment to your weight loss. I'll let you know. I mean, my program is an investment and part of that is very intentional. Because I have found this is a hard subject. Changing your weight is, is a lot. The diets make it seem simple. It's not simple. It, it, I'm, I promise you the thing between you and your ideal weight is not a meal plan. There's no magical meal plan <laughs> that's just going to get you there. The problem is I could give you the perfect meal plan. You can't follow it because you don't know how to change your behaviors. You know? And so, um, you know, understand this stuff ahead of time is, uh, is crucial. 
I want to eat more plant-based. You're so right. It's the little changes each day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think plant-based, everyone should be plant-based. You can eat meat too, but I think the core of your eating should be plant-based. No doubt about it. You know, it's just, it's over, open and shut. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's open and shut. Uh, I, I don't give much nutritional knowledge, information out, but um, you'd be hard pressed to find any science that's going to say, don't eat plant-based foods if you were serious about your health. So I'll just leave that there. Um, 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 calorie deficit, consistency, discipline, and time. Calorie deficit has to be in place to lose fat. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, you got to create a calorie deficit. No doubt about it. That's crucial, you know? And I think the calorie deficit focus built on top of the lifestyle change, you know, that's where you can get the best results. You know, and that, that, so I would say my program, there's three pillars of weight loss. There's the mindset, lifestyle, eating. And so, again, there's a 60-page workbook where you literally, you craft these these customized, personalized blueprints to you, but you come up with these one-of-a-kind mindset blueprints, these one-of-a-kind lifestyle blueprints for you, and an eating blueprint, you know? But the eating blueprint part of it is, is how do you create a caloric deficit? Now, you may know that, okay? But what you may not know is the secret to maintaining a caloric deficit is to create the caloric deficit and feel satisfied at the same time. Because what you're doing to lose weight is you're cutting the calories down, but you're also increasing your hunger. You think you need to be really hungry in order to lose weight, and you've got to suffer through a lot of hunger in order to lose weight. That is not true. Not true at all. You can reduce your calories and feel just as satisfied and full, if not more. You know that, I hope. Because <laughs> you have to. Because this idea that you're going to just be, uh, you're just going to be some really, really hungry person who just fights against that hunger forever? Mm, probably not. If it hasn't worked yet, it's definitely not going to happen. Some people can do it. But if you've tried it and it hasn't worked, you're not going to get some magical ability that you can just be starving and then not eat. You know, Just like someone said in the beginning, uh, I'm struggling with binge eating. And then right under it, they said, I'm trying to eat 1,200 calories a day. Yeah, exactly. They go hand in hand. right? It's called the what the hell effect. Look it up, okay? Here's another, I don't know if it's quite a cognitive bias, but it's specific to dieters. And they've tested this in a study. Look it up. I'm not going to go through all of it, but long story short is that dieters specifically, when you get into a diet mindset, and part of this is that all or nothing piece, and there's more to it, but as soon as you make a little mistake, it's so easy to say, ah, shit, catch me next Monday. Right? And then you go way off the reservation, right? And so, um, you know, it's important to to recognize how you're approaching all this and to do it in a a logical way, you know, trying to keep yourself starving is an illogical way. That, that's a great example, actually, of a diet hypnosis. It doesn't make any freaking sense. The fact that you think you're gonna be starving all day. I couldn't be hungry all day and then maintain my weight. That, as soon as I start getting hungry, I start eating shitty food, you know? So the secret is I, I'm not, I'm never really hungry. I manage my hunger and I eat good stuff all day long. So that that's what you want to do. Um, let's see here. Yeah, if you have any questions, ask them. We'll be heading out of here. Yeah, thank you. Heading to the website now. Yeah, great. Yeah, again, if, if this is interesting to you at all, go click on my, my description or my bio. Click that link. Go watch that training. Three steps to master your weight. Okay? Uh, it's a half hour. At the end of it, if you're interested in my program, I'll talk about that. Okay? Which you can't even sign up for my program. Just anyone, sometimes people ask that. Um, 
you, you can't just go buy my program again. The, the, the worst part about dieters is they just get very emotional and just take irrational, rash action. And those are the worst people in the world for me to work with. You know, I need people that are really committed because that's what it takes, you know? Um, the three pillars, yeah. It's mindset, lifestyle, and eating. Those are the three pillars. You master those three pillars, you master your weight. It's that simple. It's that simple, but it's not that easy, right? There's a difference. So you need, oh, thank you for the rose. Um, you need to have a, a system that you're following. Like a college is like this, right? So college is, is simple, but not easy in the sense that it's a lot of hard work, no doubt about it, but there's a structure to it, right? So it's like, you know, whatever you want to get your degree in, like you could just get all that information dropped on your head all at once, right? Cause you could learn all that stuff on your own. You go to the library and study. Like I said, you go to Coursera and just literally take college courses. Um, just take them all. Right. But it's so overwhelming. And so it's college. It, well, it's, it's structured out in a certain way. You start here and you kind of build up strategically, logically with this information. Then you, you keep building up on your knowledge. That's how mastery is in everything. Same with the piano. You don't just start playing all the songs. You know, first you practice with some scales. You learn some easy songs. Then you start practicing some chords. You know, then you start learning all these. You break it down into pieces and you master those pieces and you start putting those pieces together and you start mastering it. That's how you master your weight. And it takes, it's that kind of mindset you need. You just keep looking for these shortcuts. You think, oh, I know what I got to do. I just got to do it. That's bullshit. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to get yourself to do what you need to do. That's the most important piece. So you don't know how to do it, right? Knowledge doesn't equal behavior. You know how to write. Doesn't mean you can do it with the other hand. How would you learn with the other hand? You need a book on how to write with your left hand? No, you need to just practice it. Imagine practicing to become thin and lose weight. Oh, Blasted. What's that mean? Because <laughs> no one thinks about practicing to lose weight. They think, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. No, you won't. No, you won't. You won't do it because you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to get yourself to do things. That's the problem. <laughs> you have no idea how your mind's working. You have no idea how your behaviors work. So my, so I was talking the pillars, right? So the mindset piece that I take people through, it starts with motivation because you have literally no idea of how to motivate yourself. You try and motivate yourself. January 1st was just back couple couple weeks ago, you, you really wanted to lose weight this year. You really hoping that was the, I'm going to kick it off now. Didn't work because you don't know how to motivate yourself. <laughs> so I take people through what I call the motivation matrix. Again, it's a structure. Imagine having a structure to motivate yourself. Oh, what? <laughs> is that possible? Yeah, of course. You don't know what it is. And so you just try and rely on pain because that's what's motivated you in the past. You saw that picture. You said, holy shit, I didn't know it was that big. Oh my God, I got to lose the weight. Now you're motivated for a little while right? But you can't recreate that. It was a moment in time spontaneous. It wasn't good motivation anyways. It didn't last. Um, but that's the motivation you rely on is the spontaneous pain motivation. You don't know how to replicate it though because that's not how you motivate. That's not real motivation. So I take people through what I call the motivation matrix. Pain and pleasure is level one. You have to intentionally know how to use the pain, right? You, you experience the pain. I always say it's like, you're, the thing about weight is it comes on a pound at a time. So you habituate to it. And so you know the weight's painful, but you experience the pain as like it's like a heavy backpack filled with bricks. And so you know it's painful. Oh, I hate this weight. I hate it. But your experience is a chronic dull pain. You need to take that pain and sharpen it into the point of a knife because you get stuck with, in the side with the point of a knife. You're responding. <laughs> hey, whoa, <laughs> you got to do something to fix that, right? But that's not how you're experiencing the weight. You're experiencing it as this dull, aching pain, and that's why you're not motivated to do it. When you see the picture, the scale, those, those spontaneous pain-based motivations are like the sharp point of a knife, but you can't recreate them. You don't know how, what's going on there. You know? So level one is just pain and pleasure, and you guys, yeah, that does a lot of the work. But then there's intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Do you know there's a science to motivation? 
Do you know there's literal scientists that have been studying this and testing what motivates people and what doesn't? Do you know about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation? Right? As, as obsessed as you've been about weight and losing weight, do you know anything about intrinsic, extrinsic motivation? I know you don't. And so understanding that, you, again, there's, it's like, um, I always say like, like when I was a kid, the Rubik's Cube, right? I, I spent hours and hours and hours working on Rubik's Cube, could never figured it out. I would get a side, maybe two sides. Um, what I did is you took a butter knife and you could knock them out and you could put them back together, but it was all loosey and wobbly and stuff. Um, and then here I was like, I was 10 years ago or whatever. I was watching something. I saw Justin Bieber and this dude's like, fixed it, fixed it all. I said, what the hell? Justin Bieber's doing this. I'm like, Justin Bieber's doing this. I can't do it. I remember saying to my wife, I was like, I don't get this. What the hell? You know? And she goes, oh, he's probably just following the algorithm. I said, the what? She goes, yeah, it's just an algorithm. What what do you mean? It's It's just an algorithm. She goes, yeah, it's just how we just what? I'll try to figure it out. You know what I mean? I, I would have figured, you could have given me a, a million years. I would have never figured it out, right? But there's algorithms step by step. Oh, okay. Justin Bieber can figure it out. <laughs> I could have figured out if I had an algorithm back. I didn't know that. I didn't even know there was an algorithm. And that's where you're at. You don't know there's an algorithm for your motivation. You don't know there's a literal step-by-step structure. Oh, oh, now I'm really motivated. I'm really fired up. And it's not just based on pain. It's based on a complete motivation. I want to do this. I'm clear about it. And if you forget about that, you go back to your blueprint. Oh, yeah. Because the same things that motivate you at that level now are going to motivate the same level in 50 years. Motivation, things that motivate you motivate you. Okay? You tweak a little bit. I mean, things change a little bit. But but the core of it is still going to motivate you. But you have no idea what they are. You know? And then there's the self-image. So, again, once you do that, then there's a self-image piece. You know, again, you could even lose weight. But if you don't feel like you're a thin person, guess what you're going to do? You're going to put the weight back on. Right. If you've been overweight for a long time, what you don't understand is that as much as you don't like it, you're familiar and comfortable with it. You've learned how to be in the world as an overweight person. That's how you relate to it. So it's comfortable to you. All of a sudden you're a thin person. Now you don't have your self-deprecating jokes. You don't have your, you know, how you relate to the people that know you. You're a different person and it changes the relationship, changes the way you are in the world. You have to prepare for that right from the beginning. And identify that. Your self-image, you never sat down and identified your ideal self-image. You just absorbed it from the people you grew up around and the experiences you had. If you take a little bit of time and think about it, you've got way more potential. You know this, right? You don't know how to tap into it because you don't know how to conceptualize it. That's what the self-image does. Then we move on to habits. (laughs) Again, habits, which is the cornerstone. Your weight is a literal reflection of your habits. Your habitual behaviors is what habits is short for, right? And you have no clue about how to change your habits. You don't know about the habit loop. You don't know what they are. You don't know what's triggering them, you know? And so all you do is you you recognize what, what your habits are and your strategy to change them is what? Willpower. I'll force myself not to do them. How's that working out, right? By the way, just so you know, you can't remove wiring in your brain. So your habits are just wiring. They're neural connections in your brain and you can't get rid of them. So the only way you can change a habit is by wiring new wiring over the old wiring. So it's helpful to know that. (laughs) And then we move on to emotions. Do you know how to feel the emotions you want to feel? Do you know how to deal with the emotions you don't want to feel? No, because your main strategy for dealing with emotions is what? Eating. And you've been trained that way, you know? So you have to understand on a deep level, how do I feel the emotions I truly want to feel in my life on a deep level? How can I deal with the emotions I don't want to feel in a genuine way that doesn't include food? Well, once you have that, the emotional eating goes out the window. You don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, thinking. That's the next one. The thinking blueprint. How do you think like a thin person? Do you know about fixed and growth mindsets? Do you know about solution and problem-oriented thinking? Do you know about your internal dialogue? Do you know about transformational grammar? Do you know about solution-oriented questions? 
probably not. <laughs> so it's so what it's like is like it's like trying to create uh, a dish without the recipe is what you're trying to do with weight loss. And the final piece is maintenance, by the way. Right. And so we start with maintenance right from the beginning because you don't want to wait till you lose the weight to get maintenance. You need to start knowing about maintenance on day one because you got to maintain your focus, motivation, all these other things to get to day two. You have to know how to maintain to get from week one to week two. You know what I mean? Like these are things you need to know. Then we get into the lifestyle and then we get to other things. But again, I just say this to you just to point out how little you know and not, not in a, not to be an asshole, but just, just to point out that it's not there's something wrong with you. It's just you've never learned this. Like just like me with the Rubik's Cube. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not a dummy. They can't figure it out. It's you just you have to know how to do it. There's a structure to it. And the intuitive way of doing a Rubik's Cube brings you away from the actual way of solving it. So in that sense, it's a very good metaphor for dieting, right? When I was doing it, I was like, okay, I'll do one side. Now I gotta do the next side. Now I'll do the third side. Well, you can't fix a Rubik's Cube that way. So the way I thought I had to do it was completely wrong and completely bring me away from the solution, you know? And so the algorithm is completely different. It's completely counterintuitive though. And weight mastery is like that. You know, your intuitions about how to lose weight are completely wrong. That's why you're not losing weight. And so you need to learn a new way to do it in order to get new results. Um, all right. Cool. So you got the three pillars. I think it's important to remember that it's a failure of your plan, not you. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's really important to remember too. That's what bums me out about weight loss more than anything else is people take it as a reflection of their character, you know, more than it is like saying, oh, this plan doesn't work, you know? And that's because we're, you're, you're literally inundated. You, you're, you literally exist in a, a mindset, a hypnotic mindset of dieting when it comes to weight loss. You're, you're trapped within that dieting mindset. You don't even realize it. You don't, you don't have a perception of that. But everything you think about in terms of weight loss is, is always this dieting mindset and it doesn't work. And so because you can't think outside of that, the only reason you can think that you're not succeeding is because there's something wrong with you, you see? And so if you get nothing else out of this other than the fact that it's, it's not you, it's the fact that you haven't learned the right things. You haven't learned the right plan and strategy. That, that's the problem. I'm so glad I catch you each morning. So motivating. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad. That's great. Um, what mindset to lose weight? Yeah, I just broke those down. Um, mindset I use is motivation, self-image, habits, emotions, thinking, maintenance. Cool. All right, everyone. This has been great. I hope you all have a great weekend. I will talk to you soon and have a good day. Bye.